Welcome to the Compete Every Day podcast, a weekly show to help you harness the power of competition to be better than yesterday. Hear each week from performance leaders, coaches, and experts on the benefits of competition and how you can use it to win at work and in life. And now, your host, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, Jake Thompson. What's up? That's right. We are back with a brand new episode of the Compete Every Day podcast. What's up, competitor? How are you this week? How's your focus? How's your drive? How is your grit in pursuing a life better today than you had yesterday? It's only by being gritty, by being resilient, by being a competitor that we're able to be the example for everyone watching us. And don't fool yourself. There's a lot of people watching you. And watching your example and how you handle adversity, how you relentlessly pursue your goals is what gives them not only the inspiration that they need to take action in their own life, but an example to follow. And how many of us wouldn't have loved to have had an example when we started to show us how it's done and to take us alongside and teach us what it means to compete. That's what you're here for. That's what your journey is there for and why it's so important. So above all, keep competing this week. I'm excited as I get to welcome to the show Olympian Johnny Quinn. But calling Johnny just an Olympian would be selling his story just a little bit short because this man is a jack of all trades. He played college football and went down as the all-time leading receiver in school history. Johnny went on to then play professional football until injuries derailed his career and he made a transition and joined the USA bobsled team where he competed in the Olympics. He is now a speaker, author, and owns his own insurance agency. Johnny shares with us today what it means to break through barriers. What does that look like, both visible and invisible barriers? The limits and the barriers that others try to put on our lives because they're not as forward thinking as we are. They're not as big dreaming or as big of action takers as we are. And so they try to limit us. How do you break through those barriers, break through those limitations? How are you able to constantly pivot when the world throws you curveballs? Things don't work out the way we planned, but that doesn't stop a competitor from making progress, from adjusting sights and continuing to press forward. And Johnny talks to us today exactly how to do that, how he's been successful in his life doing just that, breaking through every single barrier that's been in his way. Stick with us this week to the end of the show and find out how you can win an autographed copy of Johnny's book, Push. Because I'll be giving away a few copies of that book that Johnny himself will be signing. So stick with us till the end of the show. And as always, if you want to get in touch with the show, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. We always love hearing from you. Now, let's get this show rolling this week, fired up. And welcome to the show, U.S. Olympian Johnny Quinn. Johnny Quinn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Man, uh, so we've been wanting, I've been wanting to sit down with you for quite a while, uh, knowing your story, gotten to know you over the last, man, year or two. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a speaker, a U.S. Olympian, 
former pro football player and insurance agent. So kind of a, an interesting <laughs> and a newly minted author. So five titles, one guy trying to figure out how to do this thing the right way. That's right, man. And, <laughs> and so you, you've done a little bit of everything. You're doing a little bit of everything. Uh, obviously played football in North Texas, uh, went on, played a little bit in the NFL, had some injuries, and then transitioned into bobsledding. That's right. How, what kind of led to that path? Well, I watched a lot of cool runnings over and <laughs> over and over. You know, it, it was interesting. When I turned pro at 22 years old, uh, to get to the NFL, right, when you walk in that locker room, you see your name in the locker, it, it's, it's like a dream has come true. But my football career was an absolute train wreck, you know, um, Pro at 22, but by age 26, cut three times, lost 2.6 million in NFL contracts, and blew out my knee. So here I am, you know. I, th- I thought I had the world by by the tails, and then it all gets taken away. And so I knew I still wanted to compete. And my agent, uh, represented a bobsledder back in the day, said, "Johnny, they look for former football players with a track background. I, I ran track in college as well." He goes, "Do you want to try bobsled?" And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I live in Texas. We don't have any snow. (laughs) And uh, so I started in 2010, and I made my first Olympic team in 2014. Incredible experience. Which, obviously, you additionally made national headlines for kicking down doors during that experience. I heard you talk about it a little bit uh, recently on the news about how who would have thought getting trapped would have created an additional platform outside of sports for you to impact people. Yeah, it it was a, uh, you know, in the Olympics to get stuck in in my Olympic Village bathroom, breaking that door down and and putting it on social media. I mean, it just went crazy. And it's interesting to see the things that maybe take off. um, And, you know, whether it was a timing standpoint uh, from... You know, when the Olympics come on, it seems every media outlet is focused on the games. And so I'm sure that played into the expansion of breaking down a door. Because I know I'm not the first person to get stuck in a bathroom, right? <laughs> but for whatever reason, that one went. So, yeah, it's been neat uh, to, to take a, a, a random scenario, getting stuck in a bathroom, and, and using that to um, springboard uh, a speaking career, um, you know, bring more awareness to Olympic sports in general, because for winter games, it only happens once every four years. So it's been neat to do that. You know, it's interesting when you say that a a unique opportunity presents itself, because for the most part, those unique opportunities come and go. And for a lot of people, they're missed because they're not able to capture them or they're not ready when that opportunity arrives. You obviously have been doing things to better position yourself for that life after sports. So when that opportunity came, you were ready to take it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a, you know, I grew up playing football in Texas, and I, I always, people would always say, John, hey, do you have a plan B? Do you have a backup plan? And I, I remember thinking, you know, I, I need to have a backup plan, but I, I kept having a lot of success in football. In high school, I led the state of Texas in catches. Uh, I, I get a Division One football scholarship. I leave college as the school's all-time leading receiver. And so I was always, it was kind of this back and forth, like, I hear you, but I, I'm setting records, and we're moving in the right direction. But it really wasn't until I got cut, and that all got taken away, did I realize, hey, I really need to have something in the back burner. Because every athlete knows you're going to play your last play at some point. You don't know when it is. And mentally, when I made that switch to Olympic sports, um, I, I was mentally in a better position because I had something in the background that whether I made an Olympic team or not, I was going to be okay. 
but I learned that the hard way, getting cut in football. And that's what I was going to ask is because obviously your time going into the NFL is much different because you're focused so heavily on football to where when you were transitioning, you understood more of life away from the game. And bobsledding was becoming a piece. It was something you were training incredibly, but there was more to it. After the Olympics, what did that next transition stage look like for you mentally going from competitive pushing, training for four years for the sport to having to either start over four sure. years or transition out? Yeah. You know, when I got back from the Olympics, I was mentally gassed. Um, physically, I was, I was taxed. Um, and, and so I knew I needed time off. And so I took, took some time off and I wasn't sure if I was going to retire, make another run. I knew I needed a break. And so it, it really didn't cross my mind as far as, you know, hey, that might be my last athletic competition. Um, every athlete knows you need that break and then you, you recatch that fire. And for me, um, the, the, the speaking was so hot after the Olympics because there's a, a, about a three to six month post Olympics that the media is just, I mean, it's just hot. And so I feel like the agency that represents me, um, we, we did a good job of exploring every opportunity. So, so I stayed busy. Right? I stayed focused. I had something to compete on on the speaker's platform. And it wasn't until probably two years after Sochi, I, I started getting that. It, I, actually, I remember when it was. It was Rio in 2016. You know, you watch the games. Michael Phelps is winning every medal, right? Uh, doesn't matter what sport, he's winning them all. And I, th I remember thinking, you know what? I, I want to make one more run. And my driver from... Uh, or the driver from USA one from the Olympics reached out and said, Hey, do you want to take, you know, one, one final run, uh, in 2018 in Pyeongchang, South Korea. And Jake, this guy's a proven winner, three Olympic medals, had a gold from 2010, two bronzes in Sochi. And so I talked to my wife, I'm thinking, Hey, you know, uh, we've got a chance to bring a medal back to our country. I want to make a run. And so I was training, getting ready to go. And then on May 6th, 2017 at 37 years old, he passed away unexpectedly in the Olympic training center. And so what, what's interesting is that that final run never happened, right? That final competition, the, the way that I thought I was going to go out to have that opportunity to bring a medal back to our country never happened. And as an athlete, you, you know, it's not going to be a straight path to a goal, but you, you don't, you don't expect losing a teammate. And so that, that was quite the curveball. How, how did you rebound mentally from that? Because not only was, was that goal and dream physically taken away, but sure. more importantly, that life and that friendship was yeah. as well. And, and for a lot of people, you hit that rock bottom and stay there for yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, how were you able to rebound mentally? Well, I, I, the, the, the shock sat in because it was so unexpected. Um, I mean, we're, you're, you're nine months away from the Olympics and then this happens. And it was an interesting turn of events because shortly after that, you know, I was up in the air. Hey, do I go back? Do I not? You know, what, what do you do? And really the, the, my support system, my wife, um, uh, guys in, in my men's group that I do life with, people that uh, know me and love me and care about me, uh, poured into me. And so, you know, even shortly after this tragic um event when you when you lose a teammate a, a friend um I, I had an interesting opportunity to present itself with an insurance agency that uh essentially gave me the keys to take over um an existing book of business and 
Jake, when you see these turn of events happen within a month, I mean, just you just kind of sit back and you think, my goodness, uh, you know, there, there's uh, there's some intelligent design. There, there's there's these string of events that are working together, uh, even through pain. And I remember, you know, somebody asked me, Johnny, why in the world do you want to be an insurance agent? I said, I don't. Nobody grew up. Jake, I go speak at schools all across the country. Let me tell you, they, these kids want to be doctors, professional athletes. They want to be the president. Nobody says they want to be an insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> but when an opportunity presented itself, I was ready. Just like Olympic sports. When I grew up in Texas, if you told me that one day I was going to be an Olympic bobsledder for the United States, I'd say you're crazy. But when an opportunity shows up, you've got to be ready. And that came shortly after my teammate's tragic death. So let's switch gears slightly into talking about your book. And obviously pushing through barriers is, is the subtitle for the book, Push. A lot of that has to do with a lot of the things we're talking about now. How are you pushing through barriers mentally in life, adversity, overcoming adversity? What led you to want to write this book? You know, I, I realized that, uh, you know, personally speaking and people that, that I meet uh, in the audience at my speaking engagements, I realized that there's a lot of times we can walk through life with these invisible barriers. Maybe it was uh, uh, something that parents said growing up. Maybe it was a, um, a failed business venture. Maybe it was a relationship gone south. And I, I noticed, and I had some of these in my life where um, it's almost kind of like, like, like a ball and chain. You're, you're just walking through life with these invisible barriers. So I wanted to write a book that can help people identify the barriers in their life and how to break through them. So I took a lot of the content that I learned from playing professional football what it took to become a U.S. Olympian, and I, I translated these com, uh, these concepts into this book. So you've got this kind of life story that, at the end of each chapter, I I, I ask a a almost of a, a rhetorical question, saying, "Hey, have you experienced this before? Here's how you identify it, and here's how you break through." The barrier, and so I, I really wrote this to help people in everyday life, in every situation and scenario, break through barriers in their life. What's one of the biggest barriers you've had to break through? Uh, the ability to borrow wisdom. I didn't want to do that growing <laughs> up. You know, I thought I knew everything, right? And uh, you know, and any any uh, young lad growing up uh, has a little pushback with their parents, and and even as I got older. And I, and I look back and it took me getting cut and losing my first career that I realized, you know what, I, I don't want to make the same mistake over and over again. Let me go find people, men and women, that have experienced failure and bounce back. And so one of the first things I started doing is I would borrow wisdom by reading books. Uh, the other thing I would do is I'd start listening to podcasts. I'd turn the TV off and, and, I, and I'd launch my uh, podcast player. And what it did is it gave me different perspectives. Um, and it almost kind of like, like uh, uh, peeled a, uh, a veil away from my eyes that now I could see that, hey, there's been men and women that have failed worse than I have. I thought getting cut from the NFL and losing a million-dollar contract was bad. That's nothing. People would love to have right? that. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing compared. But I didn't know that. All I knew was my life and my experience. And so it took me early on. It's that I had to borrow wisdom. I had to learn from other people. What, uh, what podcast are you currently jamming to? Like, what do you love listening to now? Yeah. I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt. 
Uh, he's a guy out of Nashville. Um, I listen to a lot of his content. I also like Entree Leadership from the business side. Uh, the Ramsey Solutions puts that out. And then there's a guy out of uh, Atlanta. He's a speaker, pastor. His name's Andy Stanley. He's got uh, a podcast called Your Move. Love it. I was about to say, I've heard Andy at uh, Chick-fil-A LeaderCast. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, incredible speaker, incredible uh, leadership and, and growth-minded individual that's that's great at sharing his messages and stories in a very applicable way. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about when you are out meeting people that are struggling with barriers. Obviously, those barriers, you identify a number of them in your book. You help people identify and kind of break through. On a day-to-day basis, what habits do you have? What routines do you have so that you're living life outside of barriers sure. uh, every morning? Yeah. You know, I, I, I received this concept from a book I read called The Compounding Effect by Darren Hardy, and it really stuck with me. He talked about um, setting up bookends. If you, if you look at a shelf, you've got a bunch of books, you've got a bookend on the left side, you've got a bookend on the right side, and it keeps the book standing straight up. And... He, he related this to, and I, and I started implementing this probably three or four years ago, um, on in the morning when you get up, you want to treat that like a bookend. In the evening before you go to bed, you want to treat that like a bookend. Because the reality is we all, I mean, it's 2018, everybody's, you know, with the power of technology, we're all getting pushed in, in crazy directions. Um, but if you can control your bookends, do, do you have a morning routine? Right? Is there is there something that you can do in the evening um, to help you sleep better? And so that's essentially what I've done. I have a morning routine where I get up and, and I spend some quiet time. I do a morning reading um, before I even jump on social media. I mean, it's one of my prerequisites. I, I do not touch my phone until I get my morning routine done because I've done that before. And it just takes me down a, a rabbit trail, right? And then even, even for um, before I go to bed, about 30, 45 minutes, I have an evening routine. You know, it, it might sound trivial, but I lay my clothes out uh, on what I'm going to wear the next day. I, um, you know, I can't read business books at night because I realized that it would keep my mind up. And, I, and, and so I read something a little bit more easier at night to put me to sleep. And so I control my bookends, which helps me manage my day better. It's an awesome concept that Darren Hardy put out in his book, The Compound Effect. You know, I love two of the habits you mentioned. The first, laying out those clothes yeah. for the night before. It's like when mom used to do that as a yeah, kid. Yeah. But it, and when you when you realize how much energy goes into decision making in the morning of like, what I want to wear today. I mean, even just selecting different t-shirts right. or a shirt, you're like, you're mentally starting to wear down and fatigue versus, yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, Zuckerberg and even Steve Jobs and, and some of those high level thinkers, they wore the same thing every day That's because right. they wanted to eliminate that decision from their life. So doing it the night before is great because that's when your brain has been taxed the entire day um, dramatically. And then kicking things off before social uh, is very good because you, you go down that rabbit you hole. You do. You get pulled down. And, and if you're listening to this, I, I have no doubt. Have you ever been on a website and you realize, why do I have 14 web browsers up and who knows where the music's playing? <laughs> Right? right. I mean, you just, you get pulled. You do. And so you got to set these barriers up to protect your time. I, uh, my <laughs> wife and I have a rule that shark tank is not allowed in the house after nine, <laughs> 10 o'clock because I'll lay in bed and usually I'll go to sleep before she does, but she'll watch some TV 
And if she has Shark Tank on, I'll hear things. Yeah. And I'll sit up in bed and want to start watch. And then my mind's running and I'm like, okay, this is like reading a business book. We yeah. just can't do this That's at right. night because you have to have that. Uh, so let's talk about some of the things you've got going on now. Obviously, insurance, speaking, promoting your book. When, how often are you speaking? What are you doing to, to get out? Because it still takes that competitor mindset. It, it, speaking is a very tough industry that we both know incredibly well. And you've got to be competitive in terms of constantly pushing yourself to outreach and grow. What do you go out and talk about now? Yeah, so I, I, most companies book me for a keynote called How to Think Like an Olympian. I speak to a lot of sales teams, um, uh, different organizations, nonprofit groups. And you know, I, I do about 100 events a year all across the nation. Now, my wife and I were have, expecting our first child in August, so I'm, I want to dial that back a little bit because I want to be a, a flexible stay-at-home dad. Um, so I'll, I'll dial that back a little bit. But it's a, you know, one thing, I, a couple of things that I realized in the speaker industry is that um, the event doesn't necessarily go to the best speaker. It goes to the person who's hustling. And early on, that gave me an incredible advantage because I thought, yeah, I'm a U.S. Olympian, but I'm not an Olympic medalist. Yeah, I, I made it to the NFL, but I, I didn't earn a roster spot. And so how can I compete against some of these other speakers who have these accolades or maybe they've been? And then I realized, hey, whether it's bobsled, whether it's insurance, whether it's speaking, you've got to get out and hustle. And so on the speaking side, a couple of things I've done is I, I went through a website redesign. Uh, you'll have to check it out, johnnyquinnusa.com, and you can see uh, my newly designed website. Um, and, and the other thing I've realized with, with some of the speaking engagements is that uh, people who sit in the audience and they, they enjoy the keynote, they go back and they tell their bosses, said, hey, boss, I just heard this crazy U.S. Olympian. I think he's a bobsledder, but his keynote was fantastic. Can we bring him in? And so we, we're starting to get a lot of referrals, which is great. Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head that I wanted you to hit is athlete, insurance agent, speaker, you've got to hustle. And, and you're not using the fact that, well, I didn't meddle or I didn't have a roster spot as an excuse of why you can't get the job done. When too often, you know, I know people listening can relate to this in some form or another. They've seen someone else's accomplishments as their barrier to yeah. achieving success when in all reality, they can out hustle them. There's, there's a reason that Angela Duckworth in her book, Grit, talks about effort, uh, counting twice as much as talent. Yeah. If you're willing to put in that effort every single day, you're going to outwork and outperform even the more talented individuals that have a laundry list of accomplishments. Yeah. I'm actually reading her book right now. I'm four chapters in. It's incredible. Dude, it's great. Huh? It, the science behind it? I, it's incredible. You, uh, I highly recommend following that up with Top Dog, The okay. Science of Winning and Losing. And I've referenced it a handful of times on the show, but... Uh, Ashley Merriman and, and Poe Bronson go into detail and in scientific research of competition yeah, and where they see the pros and the cons and where they see men versus women, head to head versus group versus large scale competition and how we mentally respond to it. Yeah. And so if you read grit and then follow it up with top dog, you can identify some of your own characteristics in those and pair it with Duckworth's research that shows how to be more successful. I'm going to do it. 
I love it. It's great. All right, Johnny, how can people get connected with you? How can they find your book first off? And then how can they get connected with you online besides your website on social media? Yep. Social media, all my handles are at Johnny Quinn USA. That's at Johnny Quinn USA. I'm on all the social media platforms. Uh, Website, of course, JohnnyQuinnUSA.com. You have to go check that out. I put together a free think guide on how to think like an Olympian. You can download that for free uh, at my website. And then my book, Push, uh, you can certainly get it through my website, but Amazon selling it, Target online selling it. And then uh, uh, Barnes & Noble, I just did a book signing with them last week in Plano, Texas. Uh, 250 of their stores are offering it, so you can go in there and get your own copy at Barnes & Noble. Man, this has been great. Thanks for sharing some insight with us today. Uh, listeners, go check out Johnny's social, grab his book, Push Through the Barriers in Your Own Life. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. I hope you got so much value out of that conversation today with Johnny Quinn. Now, if you want to win an autographed copy of Johnny's book, Push, I'm going to be giving away two copies. Here's all I need to do. You got two chances to win. First, first chance, go online, go on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you love about the show. We're going to be pulling out of one lucky listener who leaves us a review and sending them an autographed copy of the book. Number two, the second chance for you to win, go on Instagram, follow Johnny Quinn USA, follow Compete Every Day and Compete Podcast. Make a comment on a Compete Podcast post about what you loved most about the show. On Instagram, follow Johnny, follow CED, follow the Compete Podcast, comment on one of the Compete Podcast posts, what you love most about the episode. We will be giving away two books, double your chances to win if you want to leave a rating and review and comment on Instagram, you'll double your chances of winning. But two lucky people are going to take away a copy of Johnny's book. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Compete Every Day podcast. To learn more, visit CompeteEveryDay.com. To connect with Jake or contact the show, email us at podcast at CompeteEveryDay.com. And as always, keep competing every day to be better than you were yesterday.